Hello and welcome to another episode on the Miraculous Being series. I'm your host and self-awareness coach Shweta Shubraman and this is a show where we discover, learn and implement lessons from others' life journeys, others who I believe epitomize miraculous in its true spirit. Individuals who live life to the fullest, who worked hard on themselves to reach where they are and who are passionate in what they do. Today, we have a special speaker, Sushant Kumar. He is the head of marketing at Akash Baijus and was previously the chief marketing officer at Akash Edutech. He's led brand marketing for Snapdeal and marketing for LendingCart. He's an alumnus of the Indian Institute of Management Lucknow and is also a guest faculty with XLRI Jamshedpur and IIT Delhi. Let's dive in. Hi, Sushant, and welcome to the Miraculous Being show. Hi, Shweta. Thanks a lot for inviting me for this show. I've been looking forward to, uh, to coming here and interacting with your viewers and with you. Uh, I'm glad we're finally doing this. Uh, I know it's been some time since we've been planning to do this. <laughs> But uh, it's it's great to be here and uh, hoping to have some nice interaction with you and and I hope something good comes out of this. I'm sure it will. I'm sure okay. it will. So uh, I think uh, while we all know that you're the marketing whiz, maybe you can uh, share some bit of your journey so that the listeners are up to speed on who Sushant is and where you are today. Great. So uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a marketing professional uh, like many other marketing professionals. Uh, uh, my journey has been uh, so. I've been uh, I've been very interested in the field of communication, and and uh, that ended uh, me being at IIM Lucknow. I did my doctorate, uh, and I specialized in consumer behavior. Uh, that was something that interested me a lot, and uh, from there, my professional journey as a marketeer began, and that's been what uh, I've been doing for quite some time now. Uh, done that for various organizations. And uh, I would like to believe I've done that successfully. So uh, it, it continues. Uh, that's, been, that's been what has, uh, what, what helps me uh, with my bread and butter. But along the way, uh, I discovered something very interesting and something very unique, uh, which was uh, yoga, uh, which was like any other professional, you know, you, you go through your ups and downs, you go through your journeys, you have successes and failures there are things you plan to do which don't end up uh, in the same manner uh, as intended and we all go through those experiences and there was a point in time i also thought uh, let's you know do our own thing and become an entrepreneur and i had an idea but um, you know unfortunately it didn't turn out uh, as intended uh, at the same so i mean i was going through perhaps what i can call the worst or the lowest point in my professional life because I really hadn't experienced failure till then. I mean, till then, life was all about ki chalo, you know, let's target this, you end up achieving that. You know, you have to study well to get good grades. So you focus on your studies, you generally enjoy studies, so you end up getting good grades. Consequently, you're told, catch now if you do well in your college, uh, you'll end up with a good job, a job that you want. And you end up doing, and that's pretty much everybody's story, right? Uh, we're we're told the story since we are born. Ki padai karo, number aega, marks aega, you'll get into a good college, a reputed college. You'll find good peers there. Then you'll work hard there, and you'll get you know uh, the the job that you want. And it pretty much worked uh, the same way for me. Um, and uh, at one point, you know, because 
you you've never experienced failure you don't realize that you can fail as well so uh, i thought you know let's let's do my own thing and uh, it started off pretty well uh, but unfortunately it didn't turn out uh, as intended so it was a pretty uh, and this is i think 7 years back it was a low point for me and uh, and you know when when you pretty much have nothing to do uh, you focus on your health and fitness and that's what i did ki chalo abhi ye to you know the profession is not going well let's at least focus on the health and that's when i i stumbled upon yoga uh, i had tried many things i mean uh, because i've never had uh the healthiest of routines i tried gym a couple of times walking running many other things so i was like ki nahi i know i don't want to waste my money paying a high gym membership fee uh and you pretty much just pay the fee go there for a few days and you never really end up utilizing it so yoga i felt uh ki chalo isko try karte hain it was just uh no exploring like one would explore any anything else and uh, and that's when i started practicing yoga i actually started practicing yoga with the help of a trainer and uh, and i was sure that you know i don't want to go the gym way where you have to go somewhere and train it'll be better if somebody comes home to me uh, and pushes me to do it regularly and uh, that's when i started to notice a lot of difference the difference was not just physically but uh, even mentally where you start feeling much lighter you start feeling more confident now you don't know what what it is uh, and why it is happening but uh, you attribute it to the only thing which is new in your life which is a regular practice of yoga so i i kind of uh, Uh, thought you know this looks interesting and let's read more about it and that's how my yoga journey began the profession continued uh, and uh, i've also you know so it's it's been quite uh, correlated now one may not know whether one thing has led to the other but my uh, practice of yoga helped me you know better deal with my own self i think that that has played a big role in my professional journey as well it's not that you know i'm an extremely successful professional and there are tons of people who are more successful but uh, i know that it helps me better manage uh, a lot of things at work uh, and generally in life altogether because you know we spend a lot of time at work so as a working professional i think it's it's helped me a lot Uh, and that has helped me grow because you know you're much more you're you're calmer in more stressful situations and that plays a big role in in your success or failure professionally and you know the entire journey of yoga for me more than practice also was about uh, the study of yoga and when i was getting those benefits i was also trying to understand what this practice is about uh, and i was very confused because there is tons of stuff on yoga out there i mean you would google yoga you would find like 20000 people teaching yoga in their own way you would find so many schools of thought of yoga and one begins to wonder what really is yoga and especially for a layman if you if you've never been exposed to yoga if you've 
not had a formal training in it uh, you would never know what this is about so i started reading uh, and i started reading more and more and more some of the stuff i read was to be very honest very boring but then i was like yaar agar padhna hai samajhna hai what this is about you have to like really study it like a textbook um and some of it was very interesting but uh, yes over the last couple of years it's been it's been very very for me i mean i think uh, it's it's been a blessing that i stumbled upon you so yeah that's that's been my journey uh, into it i came across a lot of things a lot of concepts it helped me and i literally used to make notes i still do so when i'm reading a book i know it may not be the easiest of reads so i sit with a notebook i keep uh, penning down the concepts so and i i personally feel for a lot of working professionals uh, a regular practice of yoga can do you a lot good i know uh, during during the pandemic yoga helped me a lot and it's not just you know yoga asanas the entire practice including meditation it helped me a lot uh pandemic was very difficult for a lot of us in fact for most of us i know a lot of uh, some of my peers during the pandemic you know because you keep you kept sitting for long hours you didn't move a lot uh people in their 40s had uh, you know had a heart attack Uh, some of them even passed away uh, so i think a lot of that is avoidable a lot of people had mental breakdowns during that time they still do uh, and this is where you know yoga as a practice can be very very preventive uh, it's not that you know suddenly you have a mental breakdown and you start practicing yoga and it'll be all fine it's if you do it regularly it can it can help you better manage you know your own emotions your own thoughts and uh, you know there's a very nice saying that you live more in your head than your house so uh, it's it's like ensuring the way we keep our houses clean it's like keeping your your mind clean and tidy so that uh, you know these corrupt thoughts uh, or thoughts which can take your mind away don't come in your way so that's that's been yoga for me and i very very firmly believe that especially uh, working professionals should practice this even even students younger folks should practice uh, yoga and and it's quite great because you know you've had the international yoga day which has started for quite some time now and there's a lot of awareness uh, about the practice the benefits uh the indian government is also doing a lot there and there's a lot more awareness today about this practice uh, and its benefits uh and it's it's heartening to see a lot of people you know taking to it and and doing it very sincerely so yashwara yeah, that's that's been i think i've kind of gone gone on longer than <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I always love hearing uh, people's stories and how they find or rather how yoga finds them, right? It's uh, always interesting to know the turning points that take us to yoga and it's very different and very same at the same way, right? Uh, it's sure. very uh, intriguing for me to hear that. So thank you for sharing that and I have way too many questions so we'll go one at a time. Sure. Uh so I think the first question that probably I'm curious to know is uh, what you mentioned about the fact that uh 
most of us have probably been leading very comfortable lives and have not probably encountered failure face to face, right? And when we face it for the first time, it can be quite, uh, you know, like a, you know, earthquake of sorts, because uh, it's not very something that we're familiar with, comfortable with, and something that we've never been braced for, right? Because society is so uh, careful in terms of raising us and protecting us and keeping us safe that the first time we encounter failure is often the hardest. So curious to know how your journey was and what did failure actually throw up for you? So, um, you know, for me, um, the the failure or the difficult time was, was very difficult because for me, uh, you know, I value my uh, professional life a lot. Now, that's how I've been programmed. And uh, there are people who might value other things in life. But uh, something that you value a lot doesn't go the way you, know, you plan it to be. Uh, it's, it's very disheartening. And especially you try a lot of things, nothing works out. Uh, it was also financially very stressful for me because I had a mountain of debt. Now, I had taken that on without really putting much thought onto it. Because you, you are in that phase ki, you know, we'll figure out a way. Ye ho you know, it's not very difficult. So that debt also was like, you know, it, it gives you another kind of stress. And, uh, and my health also, you know, was not in great shape. So somehow, you know, I'd fallen sick. The medications reacted in a way uh, which which nobody anticipated. So I was on the bed for almost a month. So it's a point where you just can't do much. You really want to do what you're doing is also not working out. And you realize that, look, man, uh, you know, life is not really in your control. You think that things are in your control, but things really aren't in your control. Uh, and that was my biggest learning from that experience. And it kind of got reinforced uh, when I read the, the theory of the, or the philosophy of yoga and a lot more related to it, that, uh, you know, everything is temporary. Our existence itself is temporary. There's a fantastic, there's a, there's a fantastic story someone told me that, uh, you know, there was a guy who, uh, there was a king uh, who uh, uh, was very unhappy. He went to God, he said, God help me. I mean, I really am extremely unhappy. Uh, so what should I do? You know, I'll need your help. And God said, uh, look, uh, I'll give you one envelope. Whenever you are extremely unhappy, open this envelope. And uh, the king had apparently lost a war and he was not used to losing wars. He had a great army. Uh, so God gave him an envelope and said, when you are extremely unhappy and stressed out uh, because of losing this war, why just open this envelope and it'll settle everything. He said, okay, God, uh, also tell me when, I, when I'm extremely happy, what do I do? You know, when I win a war, or, you know, when I do, when I'm able to do good for my people, what do I do? He said, okay, I'll hand you another uh, envelope. Open that envelope when, when you're extremely happy. So, uh, the king was happy. He took the two envelopes, went back. And uh, there was one fine day. Things didn't go as planned. And uh, he was uh, extremely unhappy, stressed out. And uh, so he remembered that, oh, I have the envelope. So let me open this envelope. 
So he opened the envelope and there was a message written for him. It's temporary. Uh, and uh, the same uh, king, so he was like, hey, ha, you know, this is temporary. Went on to fight another battle. He won. He was very happy. So he again remembered, okay, God had given me another envelope. Let me open the other envelope. I'm very happy. I should know what I should do. And God alone has given me this envelope. So uh, he opened the other envelope. It was again written, it's temporary. And so, you know, a lot of who we are is pretty much, you know, not permanent. It's it's all temporary. Even our existence is temporary, especially if you look at it scientifically. I mean, the on an average, the life expectancy in, in India would be 70, 71 years. Across the world, I mean, if you go to a developed country, or let's be very optimistic, let's say the average life expectancy is 100 years. Uh, it's been, I mean, in the context of planet earth itself it's a tiny fraction right so things will continue everything is temporary uh, the happiness is also temporary the sadness is also temporary so you should uh, be in a state where you know a lot of things uh, should not really affect you i mean you might try to do something might do it may not do it we are all here to fulfill our own destinies. We are all here to do what we are meant to do. Uh, and uh, there should be nothing, pretty much nothing that should really affect our inner peace and, and, and happiness. And that's something that I, I discovered and learned upon, especially after reading uh, a lot of uh, the scriptures around yoga. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I read were, were the yoga sutras written by Patanjali. And they were broadly, you know, for me, and, and, you know, there are many, many experts out there when it comes to the yoga sutras who might know more than me. But for me, the key takeaway there uh, from the sutras, which pretty much you can call one of the first official, officially recorded compilation of what really yoga is, is that, uh, you know, the goal of yoga. And, and there is a lot of misconception around the, yoga, the goal of yoga. Uh, the goal of yoga, uh, I mean, the, I think it's the second sutra, which is uh, Chitta Vritti Nirodha, which is stilling the changing states of mind. That is the ultimate goal of yoga. And of course, then the sage Patanjali goes on to explain uh, the process of reaching there, at least lists those eight steps and you know explains the process and over centuries people have elaborated more on on each of these uh, steps but uh, that has been the ultimate takeaway because ultimately you need to still the mind um, and the mind would decide whether you are you're happy or unhappy and it is about stilling the mind and and experiencing your true self and if you if you can still the mind, it'll help you. I mean, it'll help you focus better on things that matter. Ultimately, um, it's it's the lack of focus and discipline which uh, which you know does terrible things to us. So if you're focused, you're disciplined. Um, it's uh, it's going to do wonders to you. And focus begins with the mind. All the actions that happen before we really do an action. The thought of doing something is where the action has happened. 
so uh, yeah that's been that's been my uh, my takeaway from this that a failure is impermanent and similarly a success is also in impermanent and you know the more you read about the scriptures the more you'll realize that everything is i mean whatever we are pretty much doing is uh, is uh, is all impermanent so one might assume that you know is 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 there a point in really doing anything at all but then uh, they'll also tell you and, and that's where that's the richness of the scripture that you need to do your duty as well you cannot really shy away from doing your duty uh, which is where karma yoga you know comes in and which is where the more you read about uh, the forms of yoga and who you are uh, and what you need to do you get better clarity i mean that's where for me the bhagavad gita played a big role because if you read the yoga sutras of patanjali i mean you would want to just go to the mountains and just meditate and still the mind and reach ultimate uh, uh, experience your soul and reach the ultimate state of nirvana but then uh, okay if that exists then there is karma yoga also right and uh, you have this beautiful moment in the first chapter where uh, you you have uh, arjuna who is extremely anxious i mean should i fight this should i not fight the battle uh, and and these are the anxieties we face in our day to day lives when you need to make a decision and you don't know what to do and we all experience it which is where again i feel you know it plays a massive it can play a, an extremely transformative uh and on the positive side role for uh you know a lot of people be it working professionals be it non working i mean generally people should do this uh, learn this and it'll make a massive difference it's made a massive difference in my life the way i look at things uh and uh, i know a lot of people i've interacted with uh, who've also reported something very similar because the moment you start practicing yoga you come in touch with a lot of people who are doing uh, who are practicing who've had their own experiences who had their own journeys uh, some of them are incredibly blessed that they started this you know in school in uh, in college and uh, and they never had to like really go through a transformative phase in their life to stumble upon yoga i mean it just happened to them and i feel they are incredibly blessed but i feel even people like me are also incredibly blessed that somewhere better late than never you kind of got this uh, access to this incredible thing and it it does wonders i mean i've i've, I've read experiences and accounts of a lot of people uh, across demographics i mean you need not be unsuccessful to i mean or i mean yoga will not guarantee you that you will be successful yoga will not guarantee that you will not be unsuccessful i mean yoga can give you uh, failure as well as success and they are not correlated it's just you can better deal with things you can make more you can make much you can fulfill your true potential i mean to put it very simply uh, and that's what it helps you do so whatever is your true potential whatever you are here to fulfill you should be able to do that uh and and that's where uh, you know yoga becomes a very powerful tool it will be a shame if somebody who has potential is not able to fulfill it because the mind you know is is playing tricks 
on on the person and and that's where yoga comes in so that's that's what i feel is a very very uh, that's why it, it 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 is a very very powerful tool absolutely and i think uh, you beautifully captured what the scriptures do and <clears throat> i also believe that they literally have the answers to almost uh, everything that we experience in today's turmoil right it's uh, there's almost nothing new that we experience today that probably has not been captured in arjuna's dilemma or across the scriptures and uh, like you rightly said it captures the emotions it gives you the solution and it's balancing in a way where you don't lose all hope and faith that is still there in the process as you continue living but going back to the question on that failure what you mentioned that it's all temporary right and i'm i'm assuming that this is something that you realized in retrospective because when we are in that position uh, we can't probably discern uh, you know whether it's temporary or not because we are so close to it and when we are that close to it how do we probably get this perspective because when we are that close to it our mind is going to play the tricks you know our identity of who we thought we were is going to be shattered our ego is going to get crumbled fears and securities are going to be coming up so at that moment what all played out for you and how did you find your way back to get to this its temporary perspective so for me shweta um i'm lucky i got out of that situation i mean uh, i was staring into an abyss i'm lucky to it's purely lucky i mean there's there's no other reason i didn't do anything neither was i a yoga pro or uh, i had the right set of people who mentored guided me and uh, maybe i would have accumulated some good karma that those people were there in my life but uh, one of the things i realized was that i don't want to ever put myself in that situation again and uh, uh, and that's where but you know you then later on realize there are bigger challenges that will come in your life so how do we deal for that and how do we prepare for that and by just prepare for the challenges just prepare just be a better person and and have better handle on your thoughts and emotions because if you're if you're there will be problems that will come you have to solve them move forward and um, some problems might get solved some may not get solved now one of the things that i uh, read and i i believe also in is that fundamentally a lot of uh, uh, solving uh, or especially moving out of a situation where you know the mind is playing tricks on you and it's a, it's it's a conundrum right because you have to still the mind but you have to tell the mind to you know still itself and so how 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 do you really get a control of this and the first thing is being aware uh, and and that is the solution because if you are if you are unaware then or let's say if you're getting angry uh an angry mind uh is angry but you just need to be aware that yes that anger is coming in me and i need to control it uh or uh, if you're being if you're extremely happy and uh, uh you need to be aware that you really don't you know outdo yourself in that state of uh, extreme happiness or bliss uh so uh which is where the philosophy comes in that uh you know there there are three three aspects to ourselves uh 
which is where the gunas come in right there is a sattva guna in us there is a rajas guna in us and there is a tamas guna in us and if you um, and all of us are have it's like you know red green and blue and the entire you can make any color out of these three and all of us uh, have these traits some of some of these traits are higher some of these traits are lower and these traits come out at different times and what do i mean by sattva rajas and tamas now think of it this way before we get into that uh, is that there are kids who are born gifted right somebody really loves and understands mathematics whereas somebody just doesn't get mathematics right and that's because of an inherent quality they were born with somebody is extremely uh, a gifted singer somebody is an extremely gifted uh, uh, designer you know understands design and aesthetic so we are all born with certain qualities and and we are all born with a mixture of sattva rajas and tamas quality tamas is the least favorable of all qualities as defined i mean this this is not what i am saying which is fundamentally the inertia in us uh, which is uh, you know if i am hungry i would eat binge eat eat all sorts of junk you know get wafers and and that is the tamas quality in me coming out uh, if i am uh, um, i mean being lazy is the tamas quality coming out the other quality is rajas right uh, rajas would be when i'm creating something i mean entrepreneurship is a classic example of the rajas guna coming out you want to create something you want to build something and that is the rajas guna and the third is the sattva guna which is valued a lot uh, which is you know contemplation of what i'm doing and uh, and lucidity and and those are and yoga fundamentally helps you increase the sattva guna in you it is already present in all of us some people find it easier because they were born with a higher share of sattva guna some people find it very difficult who have a higher share of tamas as kids we all knew look there is an exam coming we need to study for the exam and it's a good thing to study for the exam and you should not watch tv yet you would watch television or yet today i mean kids would watch netflix or be on their phones you know that is not good for you it's not that you don't know but you're somewhere addicted to it so addiction part of it is all tamas so if you can in reduce the tamas component or increase the sattva component you can make better calls on what you need to do <clears throat> so the awareness that this is the tamas coming in or like you mentioned when you are in that moment how do you decide uh, it comes from better awareness of yourself now you need to train yourself to be better aware of yourself and that's been my understanding and my takeaway because you would talk to somebody else uh, they might have a different takeaway but my understanding so far to put it very simply is that it it begins with awareness but how do you build or train yourself to have that kind of awareness and that comes from a very regular practice of yoga even i am not very regular and there are times when i uh, you know not very regular there's a lot of work somehow not able to manage my time well and i know during those times i am not my best 
So I have to reset things. You know, before we began this discussion, I was telling you, you know, generally pre-winter, post-winter, I I go for my uh, retreat, uh, a three or four day thing where I'm able to, you know, uh, reset my mind and body and the entire thing. But yes, if you do this regularly, uh, there's nothing on this planet that can stop you. Whatever you want to do, you'll end up doing it. Uh, for someone like me, my primary goal is to make sure that I'm regular. And uh, that is the the ultimate thing. Uh, because if you're regular with it, good things will follow. And if you'll read the Yoga Sutras also, there's, there's one full section on the magical powers that you get. While, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not completely uh, science bad, but uh, the magical powers are the powers, if, we, if you look at it from a scientific way, these are the powers that are coming by simply programming or reprogramming your mind. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's how you can better control yourself. Absolutely. And uh, I, I also believe in something similar. I think uh, you train yourself in good times so that in bad times, the practice keeps you resilient. And uh, because yoga, I think, is very subtle. When you get on the mat and you get out, nothing really transforms, right? It's not like uh, weightlifting where suddenly you have biceps to show yes. and, you know, you can curl and do all of that. True. But I think it really flexes our mental muscles in a big way. Whatever kind of practice you have, right? Asana, pranayama, meditation, any form of practice, I think in a way really uh, strengthens our mind in a way to act that you're able to function without any, uh, you know, what we say that Samatva Miti Yoga Uchyate, right? That you're able to act equanimously no matter what the circumstances around you is. Even if you're caught in the eye of the storm, uh, there is that distance that you're able to create and say what you said, right? It's temporary. Uh, all we need is that insight at that moment in time. But getting to that insight at that moment in time, I think is a lifetime or many lifetimes uh, worth of practice uh, to actually get to that stage. But... Very true. Very true. In fact, there's an analogy I have for this is that all the, like you mentioned, right? The eye of the storm. Uh, typically, aeroplanes go to the cruising altitude where there's no atmosphere. I mean, mm -hmm. it's uh, you're cruising because all the weather happens at an altitude below that. Yeah. And uh, a regular practice of yoga helps you reach to the cruising altitude where <laughs> it, it doesn't matter whether it's raining, it's, there's a storm below. Uh, because you're always above the weather systems altogether. So there could be a storm below, yet you are cruising at an altitude which is which is much higher and uh, and it doesn't affect you. I like that analogy. Makes sense, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. And I think going back to the point where you said that, you know, um, this is something probably all working professionals uh, must have in their daily routines and rituals. And uh, like you rightly said, everybody is probably in that chase for time, right? Uh, everybody is busy. There are multiple priorities as you go up, grow up. How do you really prioritize something like yoga? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, um, you want to prioritize your practice. You want to prioritize, uh, uh, you know, something which is for your own well-being, and uh, and it's 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 a bit difficult because you suddenly put yourself in the shoes of a of a working professional, 
you know they have kids uh, you have to wake up make sure things are uh, you know on time the kids go to the school then you go to your work work is stressful you come back home uh, and again you have to spend time with your family where do you really find time for yourself and you have to really i mean this is something that uh, people need to figure out uh, for themselves nobody can figure this out for them so um, it is it ultimately boils down to the individual so it depends on what you want to prioritize how much you'd want to prioritize it and uh, that's a very important point that you mentioned because ultimately it boils down to priorities you can if you prioritize um, something else over the other i mean it's it's a bit difficult but you know again there i feel uh, there are there are things which because you know yoga is not just asanas let's let's get into the karma yoga side of things i mean if you're completely focused on what you're doing uh, that itself is like meditation i mean if you are a, a software programmer just in program into programming uh, or trying to focus on mastering the skill or somebody trying to master their craft that itself is yoga Uh, it is not uh, it is not just restricted to uh, doing a pose or a breathing exercise or 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 meditating so that itself is yoga and if you can find you know your work uh, or you can get absorbed in your work that itself is yoga because you are focused or you achieve a state of flow there uh, i mean for me Uh, somebody in karma yoga is fundamentally someone achieving a state of flow when they are doing their work because when you are in it you are just trying to master what whatever you are doing so everything around you just stops affecting you uh, to a point that you would even lose track of time you are so absorbed in what you are doing and that itself is uh, you know karma yoga uh, in a very simple form i mean uh, doing your duty without really and trying to do your duty to the best of your ability without really focusing or being too bothered about the outcomes uh, i mean if and i often think of it uh, like you know sachin tendulkar is would never have thought about i need to score 20000 runs or 15000 i mean i really don't know how many score but and he he always would have thought about how do i master my skill and be perfect at my game the everything else just happened because of that right so uh, the moment he would be playing uh, or when picasso would be drawing his masterpiece he wouldn't have thought about okay this needs to be uh, a famous painting he was just focused on what he was doing and uh, that is and which is why you know Uh, some of these uh, a lot of these athletes they tend to uh, really manifest a lot of karma yoga uh, coming out i mean beat a roger federer or um, beat a usain bolt for that matter when they are in their craft they are just in their craft their sport uh, and they they've mastered it to a level where uh, when they are mastering it or when they are delivering it they're just in it this the world does not exist for them at that point so you can do it with your work uh, as well uh, 
uh, or you can find uh, devotion to be your thing so it it really depends on what is your thing i mean it's very different and it's again dependent on the gunas you were born with now everybody cannot be an athlete everybody cannot be an artist uh, uh, a kailash satyarthi is a karma yogi in his own right right he is he is not a he is not an athlete or an entrepreneur or anybody else i mean he just did his work to the best of his abilities for a cause he believed in and uh, so yes we i mean we are all uh, and i'm i'm taking these names because people know them but a tailor doing his job with his dedication full dedication is a karma yogi i mean you really don't need media to put the spotlight on you to be a karma yogi that's that's the curse of our generation right i mean you need uh, uh, so whatever gets showcased as a success by the media is a success and rest of everything is not and everybody then tries to run after that and forget what they are actually doing so uh, yeah i mean that that itself can help you but prioritization is is a, is a challenge i mean i've as a lesser mortal it's been a big challenge for me it continues to be but then it's like a, you know it's like a pendulum right when you go on an extreme to one end you automatically have to come back yeah i was reminded of uh, one of the things that my uh, teachers had said one of them who said that yoga is the discipline of now you know he said uh, you know do the you know do asanas keep the mat don't keep the mat i don't care but it's yoga is a practice 24 by 7 wherein all your attention should be focused in the now it's the discipline of actually coming to that present moment this here and now and really keeping your attention to what you're doing at this very moment right so even as you and i are having this conversation we can be practicing yoga if all our presence and involvement is actually here so but i think that's easier said than done lesser mortals so uh, i think it's a hard journey to actually bring in especially because uh, like you said we all have inherent tendencies we all have compulsiveness that we are probably born with and carry for uh, many lifetimes that you know it's harder for us to actually let go of them so i guess it's a journey towards uh, bringing that attention to here and now and and i i like how you said that you know the prioritization really depends on the person in terms of how do you really want to make this happen whether you want to make this happen or not i think that's the first question and if you do how do you really make it happen and somehow i think it's also a evolving process right i'm sure what probably worked for you 2 years ago to do the practice is not probably the same anymore so uh, it's something that we probably have to evolve as we go along the journey of life very true very true and you know it's it's about and it gets better i mean because you are over the course of the practice better understanding yourself so it it only gets better it it never goes down no i it does go down uh, i've had experiences where it does go down uh, where i think you reach a stage where you think you don't no longer need to practice and you like you know lower your practice time and uh, think you're better than that and the compulsiveness comes back so i've had that phase <laughs> it does go bad that's the reason why i think the scriptures have always said do your practice right you shut up and do your practice you see benefits you do your practice you don't see benefits you still do your practice right don't get smart and in the head and think that oh i understand this process now and let me figure my way out but uh, maybe i'm being very optimistic 
But I think maybe in a way what you're saying is that, you know, uh, coming back to your practice is much more easier because maybe you've seen some value out of it. And I think uh, that is one of the difficult challenges in yoga because there's no tangible benefit. So unless you really are conscious and are reflecting on a regular basis, you probably won't notice the subtleties through which that transformation is happening. And it is also the other way around, right? Because uh, a lot of what you do in terms of spreading awareness or evangelizing is about how yoga improves mental health. And so one of the perils of uh, mental health is that you probably don't notice signs until it goes really bad. And uh, by that time, probably things are harder to turn around. So how how would you say that people can actually be more cognizant and aware of their mental health at any given point in time so that they can stop themselves from going all the way down so you know uh, mental health is actually a very uh, very important subject a very sensitive subject as well how i have interpreted the practice and i would want to stress on how i have interpreted the practice because uh, you know there, there are lots of people yeah. today who are talking a lot of things which i i don't think are true and and they are you know passing the information as the right information so so let me like put a disclaimer that this is how I have interpreted the practice uh, is that it helps you strengthen, you know, your mind and be more cognizant of the thoughts which might be detrimental to your mental well-being. And, uh, and again, we, we live in our minds more than our houses. So it's largely our perceptions of reality that dictate the actual reality in our head. So it's, it's how we perceive reality. Somebody might think, hey, I am very poor. I don't have money. Might be earning, you know, 10, 20 lakhs per annum. Uh, or uh, somebody might feel they are very rich uh, because, uh, you know, they might be earning 3 or 4 lakhs per annum. But that's how they are perceiving reality. And uh, actual reality is very different. If you look at it, like, very objectively, person who might be earning uh, 20 lakhs a year is earning more than a person who's earning 4 lakhs a year. But then the person who's earning 4 lakhs a year feels I'm fairly rich because that person might have perhaps seen poverty, uh, might have come out of poverty, might have done well for himself or herself and brought their family to a level where they can live uh, respectfully and you know can get all the conveniences that they want. So it, it's how we perceive things uh, that uh, dictate a lot of our, our mental well-being. And again, uh, there are people who might be more prone to, um, you know, there are some people who are just born um, with a lot of mental strengths. I mean, uh, that's who they are. And that's, again, coming from how we are programmed. But then there are people who, by the virtue of, how they have been born and who they are by the virtue of their experiences, they might be more vulnerable to uh, mental health issues. It could be because of anything. I mean, uh, it could be because that's how they were born with their, they're more sensitive to things. They're more receptive. And, uh, and it's important for them to, in fact, everybody to keep strengthening this, uh, it's like having a vitamin to strengthen your immune system. I mean, I'm just giving an analogy. Uh, 
a vitamin may not strengthen your immune system but it's it's just trying to maintain your balanced diet and everything so that you don't get deficient uh, the same should be done for the mind where you are building a you know a wall of strength uh, or a wall an impregnable wall where some of these things can't really affect you or bother you because it's a downward spiral after that because once they get in these thoughts it's very difficult to get them out and uh, and so this is where you know uh, yoga comes in can yoga replace a therapist no it cannot uh, so it should not be construed as an alternative therapy or anything of that sort it's just a way for you to better strengthen your uh, mind and fundamentally if you look at you know the who definition of you know mental health and mental well being it's a, it's a state where you are able to uh, i mean i don't remember the exact definition but it's a state where you are able to make the most of who you are i mean you are able to fulfill your true potential do your duties properly and that's what they essentially uh, uh, say and uh, and that is mental well being at the end of the day and when uh, certain thoughts begin to affect you you are not able to do your duties uh, in in a certain way not just duties it affects everything around you it affects your relationships it affects uh, your overall well being uh, it can have detrimental there are a lot of studies it can have detrimental uh, impact on your physical health because um, because of poorer mental health i mean you might make wrong choices eat the wrong kind of food you know um, and there are many reasons i mean there are many reasons which can lead to uh, poor mental well being so where a practice like yoga comes in is that you will be able to a be better aware of these things b uh, be able to better tackle these things uh, especially uh, a, a lot of uh, issues that might bother you affect you might cause anxiety so but it still is not a replacement for therapy so uh, if you uh, if you need a therapist or a counselor my personal recommendation and i'm not an expert on this is you know uh, you should go there uh, if you need a peer group you should go there but uh, should you be uh, dependent always uh, or should you be independent when it comes to tackling these things because they will come any given day they will come without notice they'll come without warning they'll come uh, all of a sudden and uh, that's how life is uh, so you should be extremely well prepared and the better prepared you are the better you will be able to deal with it the more joyous life will be so um, that is that is what i personally feel is is one of the biggest uh, benefits of uh, of of a regular yogic practice and uh, you can also go to a guru in fact uh, one of the things which is very very important is having a guru uh, there's a there's a saying guru bina gyan sambhav nahi so you need to have a guru or a mentor who can you can make sure that you are regular with your practice who will guide you uh, to to do things the right way and uh, 
again in the scriptures the the role of a guru has been uh, explained you know quite well and the importance of having a guru in the practice so uh, it's very very important to have one at least to get initiated uh, ensure that you're doing it the right way and not just watching a youtube video to you know get initiated in the practice you should it's better i mean youtube somebody teaching on youtube can also be a guru i mean uh, it's not that uh, they, it cannot happen that way but it's still preferable if you find one and get initiated the right way and but one of the bigger challenges is that there are a lot of people who don't understand the essence of the practice but are you know teachers that's that's a big problem that's a big challenge so that that uh, you really can't stop it i mean thank you for beautifully sharing that and uh, uh, what my takeaway is that it's regular housekeeping of the mind right uh, the yes. regular practice of yoga just makes sure that uh, the contents of the mind are cleaned up dusted off regularly so that there is strength when we have difficult times and situations and uh, absolutely i think one last question that i'll probably have with you i know we are on time if you're okay with us extending yes. just 10 15 minutes before we go into the rapid fire one last question that i had for you is that like you rightly said today uh, the more yoga has spread um, there is also a lot more misinformation about what the practice of yoga really is and like you said you know everybody has their interpretations of what yoga is and that's being proliferated in a larger way and probably diluting the essence of what the real teachings are so in that world uh, what would your recommendation be for people who are probably new to the space how do they navigate and find the right essence uh, as they get along their practice so uh, for me i started with uh, uh, you know i actually really uh, wandered with multiple textbooks multiple books uh to really get a hang of what this entire spectrum of yoga is uh one of the institutions i felt really helped me get initiated especially on the yoga asanas side uh, is uh, shivananda yoga vedanta center they have centers across the world similarly there are multiple other uh, uh, you know institutions which are age old institutions who have been training teachers as well as students a regular yoga teacher uh, will help you get initiated in the practice <clears throat> one of the things you should look at is a are they following uh, or do they have an understanding of the of the of the philosophical essence of the practice ultimately it boils down to the practice so whether or not you know the philosophy or you don't know the philosophy it's it's separate but it's it boils down to the practice at the end of the day now one might be interested in the philosophy or one might not be interested in the philosophy but if you are interested in the practice you'll find a good teacher uh, who will ensure that you have a holistic practice which has which has a strong meditative component uh, there's pranayama in it uh, and there are asanas in it and you know asanas are not just about physical fitness there's a lot more even to the asanas than just uh, you know toning your body uh, they 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 are about physical fitness but a lot of people think um, that it's just about toning your body 
I'm I'm very active on the Reddit Yoga Forum. I think it's one of the biggest uh, yoga forums uh, online, and I regularly come across a lot of misinformation about yoga on that community and that forum, and that gets passed on as the correct information. So, uh, for some uh, strange reason, uh, you know, uh, it's people think it's correct. But then, uh, you know, you really can't do much. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the basic, the the premise of yoga asana is, it's sthira sukha asana. You know, they are steady, comfortable poses. Now, it's not about weightlifting or going to the gym and uh, you know working out and trying to lose weight. Uh, you need to do the pose in a steady, comfortable manner. Now, that basic premise itself is challenged in a lot of things that uh, happen or get discussed on uh, on that forum. Uh, and uh, I try to share my also my points of view, uh, my point of view as well on the forum. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's important to get the right information. Shivananda Yoga Vedanta Center is definitely uh, a credible source because uh, the entire concept of training teachers originated somewhere from the Shivananda Yoga Vedanta Center. Um, there is uh, the younger school, uh, the Bihar school. Uh, there are two. There are quite a few of them. They're fairly old, credible. They've all originated. the The origins of everything boil down to you know the sutras and the Hatha Yoga Pradipika and so on and so forth. Uh, and the Grehan Samhita and you know, there are tons of these scriptures. But uh, yes, they are popular. Uh, they are, uh, uh, you know, they are credible. They'll, they'll give you the right practice. Ultimately, it's about practice. So the theory, the philosophy is uh, 0.001%. 99.9999% is the practice. And uh, that's something that you should do. An understanding of the theory will enrich your practice, definitely. Uh, it'll, uh, it'll really add a lot more richness to your practice, but uh, understanding, but doing the practice is the, is the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think uh, one of our teachers, when they were explaining uh, yoga sutras to us, they said, you know, this is not something up for intellectual debate. And he was like, you know, let's not go there. Instead, try and see if you can actually embody the philosophies that he's talking about, because that's where the true essence is. Because if you can put it to practice in your day-to-day -day life, in your day-to-day -day chaos, I think that's where the magic lies. And yeah, thank you for sharing that. So are you ready for the rapid fire? Yes, I am. Uh, it's, it's a first for me. Uh, I think I'm not so rapid <laughs> with the rapid fire. I'll try to be as rapid as I can. So first thing that comes to your mind, no, no pauses and no right or wrong answers. Yeah. So let's warm up very quickly in terms of, you know, are you a morning person or a night person? Night person. Okay. Punctual or behind schedule? Punctual when it comes to delivering my work. Hmm. Okay, I like that caveat. Okay. Uh, book, movies, or podcasts? Movies. Movies, okay. What are your top three movies? That That's a difficult 
or <laughs> just one that comes on top of your mind not three godfather mm-hmm. yeah okay lovely any role models that you've had in your life and what qualities uh, you look up quite to quite a like? few quite a few of them sachin tendulkar is a role model uh, i think from kid, people my generation sachin tendulkar will be a role model amitabh bachchan is a role model uh, a lot of thing for a lot of things my father is a role model for me i look up a lot to a lot of people uh, who i think uh, gone about their work so fundamentally for me a role model uh, is a person who just goes about their work sincerely mm-hmm. and uh, does things the right way i really look up to these people somehow there's a growing scarcity of these people <laughs> i i can sense that regret in that whole <laughs> Yeah, you see a lot of. I mean, uh, I was reading somewhere we are living in this is like the golden age for scams. Uh, so you see a lot of these scams happening. Uh, somehow, I think we need more sincere people yeah. doing well. Right. One word to describe the pandemic for you. Transformational. How so? Uh, it uh, it questioned a lot of things we took for granted. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, brought about uh, the impermanence of life. Uh, it was always impermanent, but it really brought it out, uh, made it in your face. Uh, so I I remember. I mean I I know I I lost my uncle, uh, and. Uh, it just happened all of a sudden uh, we got a call uh, my mother got a call that you know our brother had passed away and uh, it was difficult to find uh, and this was like peak pandemic and uh, then i spoke to a cousin that you know we need to do his last rites uh, he didn't die of the pandemic, but uh, he just passed away because there's no physical activity somebody in their 70s has a heart attack passes away and uh, i remember going for his cremation because you need four people for that and uh, you know i was all decked up uh, with the masks you know the head guard and and what sorts of things uh, you're wearing because you're also scared for your life uh, you can also contract it you have to console the family uh, and uh, you you know during the cremation there was this period and it was the evening time when the people who had passed away from the pandemic their bodies come in so i suddenly you know you're there and there are these six people who are wearing the full uh, uh, shield who carry one body on the stretcher and there's another one that comes in and there's another one comes in and it's very overwhelming and uh, you know yeah it was uh, and you go through that you come back home late next morning you're back to work sitting in front of your laptop doing the calls so it uh, it can get a bit overwhelming uh, but it is what it is uh, you have to somehow convince your parents that you know it's better if you don't go there uh, somebody has to go but you know too many people crowding up is not really good 
I mean, it's it won't help anyone. Neither will it help the government nor us. You are at risk of falling sick. Then once you come back, it's best if you are quarantined. So you are. I was also in a quarantine for quite some time. I am incredibly blessed. I didn't contract it uh, during the peak time, but I know people who went through a very tough patch. So I think uh, it questioned a lot of things we took for granted, um, and uh, especially you know for middle class family, some, some a lot of people found their safety net, financial safety net just wipe off, because one person falls sick, you have to get the person a ventilator, take care of him. All this is fairly costly uh, exercise. So yes, it questioned a lot of things. People lost their jobs as well. Um, yeah, so it it was transformational. It better be transformational because if, if you if you don't learn something from something as impactful as the pandemic, uh, I think we all learned it. We all learned it. Uh, yeah. I think that's one of those things you can't go back to uh, who you were, right? Uh, when you cross that river, you are a different person. You emerge as yes. a different person. <laughs> you do. You do. Definitely you do. Yeah. What is the one thing that you wish you knew when you were younger? That yoga is amazing. I, I remember my, my father. Uh, in fact, my, my father, his sister, my bua, they're all like proper yoga practitioners. They learned from... Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, he was a very popular yoga practitioner. So they learned yoga back then. Mm-hmm. My uh, my father's real sister, she also learned yoga. She fell in love with a person who was also uh, into yoga. They got married. So mm-hmm. yoga has had a history in my family. <laughs> my father, during our summer break, used to take me and my sister for these early morning yoga sessions. And I never used to practice. <laughs> so I think one thing I wish I knew was uh, doing this much earlier. Yeah. So a lot of my understanding would have been far more accelerated. But <laughs> better late than never. Yeah, absolutely. I used to be one of those schools too. So we were in an Arya Samad school and we had yoga, you know, mandatory. But then, you know, as a kid, you don't want anything mandatory. So it was a period of rebel. I think I lost you. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. I can hear you. All right. So what are three non-negotiables in your daily routine? Non-negotiable. One is my uh, morning prayer and meditation. Uh, Second is my evening prayer and meditation. Third is sleep. Ah, I like Sleep is, uh, it is a non-negotiable. If on those rare occasions when I am, I feel that I haven't slept my quota. I fill that extra quota the next day. <laughs> so it is very, very critical. And it's 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 a non-negotiable. I mean, whatever. Unless there is like something really... Uh, but I, I really don't like the sleep uh, mm. being negotiated on. And sleep is also a big problem uh, with people I realize these days. Uh, that they find it difficult to sleep they don't get a good people don't get a good sleep uh, they yeah. don't get a, a restful sleep and uh, the thing 
with me and sleep is that if I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. You can uh, to wake me up, you'll have to pour water though. <laughs> so that's the only way Sound. you can uh, wake me up. But these three things are non-negotiables. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, and I think um, if there's someone who's probably listening in, who's just embarking on their path of transformation or self-transformation, uh, what would your one advice be to them? Uh, great, you've started and uh, keep going. So um, the the best part is to get started with it. And uh, the better part is to make sure you sustain uh, what, you're, what you're doing. But, yeah, that's uh, the hardest. That is the hardest. But I think once you experience the success of it, like once you get a taste of like, it really works, it's very difficult to go back. So you may, uh, the tamas might come in and you might, your routine might just go all over the place. But uh, but you once you've tasted it, you know it's it's the nice sweet dish. You would really want to have it again. You know, we all tend to get lazy at times and not really feeling high energy. Uh, but uh, it, it works. So whenever I my practice uh, is irregular, I make it a point that there's one day I'll reset everything and I usually do. So it works very well. Got it. One favorite yogic practice could be an asana, pranayam, meditative exercise. So for me, it is, uh, there, are, there are a few of them which I really like to do. Uh, one is uh, own chanting and uh, it just feels as if you're in a state of trance. Uh, the other for me is uh, so in the in the Shivananda uh, sequence, uh, you know it's you can make fun out of it as well. Is when you're doing the Shavasana, it's actually done in a manner where you you really uh, lose track of your senses, like mm -hmm. your hands, your feet. So there's a point when you're waking up from Shavasana, and uh, you. You really can't feel the body uh, so you have to move each part and yeah it's all working fine uh, there are times you get into deep sleep also when you are doing it it's happened with me uh, a couple of times and the instructor has woken me up mm -hmm. so early morning you're there you end your practice with uh, shavasana and after that you have to wake up in a particular manner and and do your uh, thing but uh, that particular it's it's happened with me a couple of times i've just gotten into deep sleep so uh, which you shouldn't i think you shouldn't get into but and the the third is doing the surya namaskar routine so that it's like a pretty comprehensive mm -hmm. uh, all encompassing routine which just do it and you'll if you're doing it after a long time you'll have a lot of soreness <laughs> the very next day but uh, yeah, you just don't do the full thing in one go. Now you know that you have to gradually do it if you've not done it for some time. Yeah. So these are three things which uh, really help. Uh, and I like doing these three things. Beautiful. If there's one takeaway you want audience who probably have been listening to us for the last one hour uh, to go with, what will that one thing be? So... Um, the one key takeaway would be, you know, 
a regular practice of yoga can bring a lot of balance a lot of harmony a lot of peace and joy in your life uh, whether you are a working professional you are an entrepreneur a student uh, whoever you know you are a you are a homemaker you're just not doing anything let's say you're unemployed just start doing this start doing this with the with some faith in in whatever has been said by so many people for so many centuries you will experience the benefits uh, i have a lot of other people have uh, you will definitely experience the benefits and uh, the experience is is it cannot be described once you will feel it you will uh, believe it that that is the one and only takeaway right beautiful thank you thank you sushant so much thank you um i think there were so many takeaways for me and like you said it was uh, a conversation between two yoga practitioners and uh, i really enjoyed uh, our conversation so thank you so much sushant for being here um, thanks a lot shweta i'm i'm uh, i'm extremely uh, happy and glad you invited me on this talk and i hope uh, this adds value to anybody who's listened to us for a and uh, for a full one hour and given their time and i hope uh, yoga brings a lot of joy happiness and harmony into everyone's life and uh, especially uh, all your viewers who tuned into this uh, particular show this podcast thanks thanks again shweta thank you sushant thank you Thank you. Bye.